Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends, to Navigate with ID, your business school on radio. Such an honor and privilege to be here today. I am grateful to God for the gift of life and also grateful that I am alive too to be able to share with you and also learn from you. Friends, I am still basking under the euphoria of the weekend and you wonder what may have happened. I want to specifically congratulate. Mrs. Binkwe Bangboshe Martins and the SMAL team, the Board of Trustees, for having a very excellent youth summit on Saturday at the Riga Hall. It was an exemplary outing. And today, hundreds of youths that came out, I know certainly that you guys would not, you know, leave the place and you would, your lives would not be the same. To the area of speakers, starting with my own dear sister, Jumoke Adenawo, to the other bonds and um, the housemasters who were able to manage the event like Omar, and of course, um, the big brother, Mr. Bangboshe Martins, and his darling wife, Bingbe, I want to say thank you. Thank you for making us you know, invest in a generation that will make our country great. And the pool and diverse audience was amazing from youth coppers, from undergraduates, folks coming all the way from Benue, from different parts of the country. Our youths are truly poised to be leaders of tomorrow. The ones I saw were very much in the tune of it. Sorry, you know, if you were not there, if you didn't make it, I'm sure you'll be able to um, look through the Smile Network and be a part of it. Great work great empowerment and great enablement and sincere thanks to the UN representative and the UN for supporting a global phenomenon in youth enablement and empowerment. So having said that, friends, I just want to, you know, step back into our terrain and that terrain is how we are able to move the business of enterprise. And in the last edition, we talked about the conversion factor how you are able to move your natural or nurtured leads into perpetual customers and what you needed to do, starting from the fact that you need to manufacture trust, make trust a very central item in your agenda, and you also have to enable some outrageous guarantees that will make your customers stay, bearing in mind that your pricing strategy must be right and you must sit in a place where you resist the urge to continually discount so you can make your products or services worth the while of your customer. And before you get into a space of looking down at the different challenges you may be facing, you must find a way to invite your customers to the space of remaining as loyalists and perpetual buyers or patronage or patronizers of your service. So coming from the heels of all of that, I would like to step into a very interesting part. And this is specifically speaking to the ability to turn customers into a tribe of what I call loyal fans who want to buy from you repeatedly. If you don't deliver a world-class experience, a world-class product laced with great quality, it will be difficult for you to turn customers into a tribe. And I'm starting from that particular notion to say a world-class experience is one that whoever your customer is, he or she feels that they are in the moon and beyond. They feel special, they feel different, and they feel better. Once an individual embraces that feeling of being different, better, and special, then you have delivered a world-class experience. And that is what keeps them going and makes them come back 
to patronize you and to take everything you have and to put it in context. Uh, and so, what does it mean to build a tribe of raving customers? You can call them fans, you can call them loyalists, but what does it take to build that tribe? And first and foremost, what is a tribe? A tribe is a group of people that are connected to one another and they are connected to a particular leader and also connected to an idea. This definition is from Seth Godin and it's from his book, Tribes. I actually have that book and it's called from that book and also from Alan Deeb's um, perspective. So here I am taking on a tale of two different writers, Alan Deeb and Seth Godin. So if you don't have the book, you can look for it. The book is called Tribes. For thousands of years, human beings have been part of one tribe or another. One of the things that separates extraordinary businesses from ordinary ones is that they lead tribes. Tribes of raving fans, raving customers, you know, people who are loyal to the cause. In your own business, in the business you want to set up, you must have tribes. A tribe member is a special type of customer. One who you will call a loyalist, one who you will call a diehard fan. One that will serve as a cheerleader and is actively conspiring for your success. That they can stand and defend your products, your brand, your business anywhere. Even in terms of your career, sometimes you can actually have an advocate a super connector, a super advocate do that for you. That means that you belong to that man or that woman's tribe where they will be your cheerleader and they will conspire to ensure that you succeed. Conspiracy here, not the negative, but the positive part of it where your name and, and everything about you is consistently mentioned. Then you go to the outer group where you have your tribe members. Your tribe members would then be the ones to amplify your marketing message and they would take it to heights you would never be able to reach on your own with the paid advertising and all that we have done in the past about advertising. You see how critical it is if you build a tribe of raving fans for your business or your service, how they can help you take your business to a world and a level you never expected. Now, you may ask, what, what are the qualities of these extraordinary businesses that become tribe leaders? Today, there are different brands, businesses, companies that have become tribe leaders. I've had the privilege in my career to work for such businesses. They're extraordinary. And they become tribe leaders. What are those qualities that make them stand out? And for you that you are in business or aspiring to be a business executive or an owner, you must begin to embrace and look at what some of these sterling companies, brands do to keep themselves at the top with a session of tribal leaders. Number one, these extraordinary businesses that become trade leaders continually focus on wowing their customers. It's always a wow, wow, wow. When you hear it, it almost becomes like a siren, an ambulance running. If you ever want to remain top rate and to have raving fans, you need to wow your customers. So in their heads, as you bring out innovation, products, differentiation, you make them better, you make them special, what will be ringing in their heads is, wow, 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 wow. And it almost sounds like a siren. And it's there, locked in their minds. Trust me, it would take a lot for anybody to shift that position. So you wonder why an avid Malt drinker just focuses on Amstel and tells you that's the brand. It's because they are being wowed consistently by 
the offering from that product. Number two, they create and foster lifetime relationships. What do these extraordinary businesses do that they become tribe leaders? I mean, I can tell you, you don't need to go very far. I can look through the entire scope and you find a company like Nigerian Brewers or the Heineken Group. Why are they solid tribe leaders? Because they create and foster lifetime relationships. Go back in time from the days of the brighter life and all that they've all put in by way of extending what I call a social lubricant or social lubricants into the ecosphere where you and I bring friends together and this beverage or beverages are the ones that actually make, you know, customers become tribal fans and they become raving fans and they stay loyal regardless of the times. Number three, extraordinary businesses that become tribe leaders make it easy and fun to deal with them. Accessibility is given. So you can create a world-class experience. You don't need to break a bank to be able to create a world-class experience. It's in the little things you do, and you do them well consistently with the mindset of pleasing your customer, who invariably will become that fan that will not see any other product or service. Number four, the fourth quality of an extraordinary business that becomes a tribal leader is in the fact that they create a sense of theater around their products and services. Do you see the drama around the launch of a product? You just think they're wasting money? No, they're not. Yes, it's a vehicle to drive awareness, Yes, it's a vehicle to let you know we are bringing out a product or service. However, it goes beyond that because after the point of sale is established, then the point of consumption must be enabled. And that's where the theater happens. It's a sense of theater. Do you see what happens in a theater? All manner of things happen from the moment when a poster is put out that this there's going to be a, a stage play or there'll be a drama at a particular location. Now, it is not meant for everybody. It is meant for a select group. This select group will then take off, get themselves into that room, and the minute they get into the theater, what do they expect? They are expecting an expectant of a mind-blowing drama. And then the theater gets to life. Lighting. You see the lights will change. The stage will be set. The actors and actresses will come with varied dimensions and phases. That's what you get around extraordinary businesses who have created brands, who have created products, who have created services that have become on their own in it, in distilling a tribe. I did say to you that a tribe is a group of people connected to one another. They are also connected to a leader and they are connected to an idea. Navigate with ID has its own tribesmen. That's why some of you come in every Tuesday and every Thursday to listen to this program. Why? Because we have become members of the same tribe and you're connected to the course of knowledge, you're connected to me as ID, and you're connected to the idea of creating a business school where you can learn, relearn, and unlearn. At the end of the day, there's value being created within that ecosystem. Another quality of these extraordinary businesses that become tribe leaders, and which will be my faith, is that they have systems so that they can reliably and consistently deliver a great experience. These systems are built around structure, processes, and technology. The purpose of technology in your business or in business as a whole is to help leverage several things that may be 
inadvertently either impacting on the efficiency or the effectiveness of the business. So technology plays a big role. And there are different systems in a business that virtually guarantee business success. So what we are going to do is, as we go on in this series, friends, I told you that this quarter, that is the months July, August, September, will be specially dedicated to the business of enterprise. And whilst we look at the biggest leverage factor, which is marketing, that I promised that I would dimensionalize and bring marketing to you so you can see that this marketing is not what everybody says. Marketing, I am a marketer. Everybody opens a place or opens something and says, I am a marketer. Yes, you can be a, a buyer and a seller. That does not make you a marketer. There are professions and there are professionals. Marketing as a profession is run and they're ruled by professionals. And so as we get on this play, I'm going to talk about some strategies that can help you turn customers into raving fans who will trust you, who would refer you, and cannot wait to do more business with you. These people are your tribe. And it is vital that you have strategies for ensuring that you build such a following and you take great care of them. Do you know that most ordinary businesses stop their marketing efforts once they have converted a prospect into a customer? In other words, this person was once a prospect, didn't have any idea who you were, what you were, or what you were doing. But the minute that person transited into a lead and became a customer and started buying from you, you will now slip into oblivion and just relax. You say, I don't need any more marketing efforts because I have X number of customers. Do you know what that is? It is called transactional thinking. This sort of thinking can sink you. Why? Because it keeps such business owners stuck and they put a firm lead on their business growth. Your business will not grow. I see many a small, medium entrepreneur or enterprise do this a lot. They're very transactional. But think about it. If you were to take a direct contrast of that, you will find that truly remarkable businesses, they get exponential results because each customer they add is not just a revenue once, but it's a revenue over and over, and that person becomes a lifetime revenue spinner and ultimately becomes an evangelist for the business. Many of us are evangelists. We don't know. It's not only of the gospel. We are all evangelists. When you stand and you're in the midst of your friends and then you find yourself speaking about a particular product brand or even a particular service you get from a certain vendor or customer or company, you're an evangelist. You may not realize it. And so many people tend to see themselves as, oh, no, I just love this brand. I just like it. Yeah, I'm loyal. You don't stop there. By the time word of mouth gets into your friends, if you have 10 friends sitting around the table, I bet you seven of them, at the very least, will go try. And I can bet you that over 50% of the seven, maybe about four, strongly so, may become early adopters. That is, they will try, and then they'll adopt that particular product or service. And what you've done is you've transferred growth to the business. You've given them new customers. And depending on how they now nurture that relationship, depending on how, like I did say to you, they foster those lifetime relationships by making it easier and fun to deal with, by creating a theater around their products and services, and ultimately wowing their customers, then those same customers 
will become their own evangelist and they will continue to bring in more. As they bring them in, they wow them, they stay, and on and on. And that's how a big and massive tribe is built. So you can see that business growth is very simple. It just means doing the right thing. And this is why when I have the privilege of going to share or build uh, teams, I always tell them, I don't go speaking theory. I break it down in very simple, soluble elements to show you that your business can grow in five years if you do X, Y, Z, and you follow through consistently. You know, yesterday I was talking to a certain group of um, entrepreneurs. They are actually out of the country, introduced to me by a friend and uh, who needed my help and wanted me to counsel them or better still give them some pieces of advice. A couple, very interesting a couple. Um, and they're into a certain line of business. The minute I started asking questions, the husband who is European turned to his wife and then he looked at her the first time. We're all on, on video. And, you know, there's a way you can really capture a non-voiced expression. I saw him look at the wife and probably say, who is this guy? He's really, you know, asking the right questions because in asking me to support them or help them get a contact to help drive their business, I asked three salient questions. And those salient questions opened the Pandora box. And I said one thing. I said, you guys are looking for, are you looking for an optica or you want to engage in market development? The two business models are different. From what I see, if you say market development, then you're not serious. You stepped into the business without understanding the whys and the wherefores. And if you don't cost correct now, all the money that you've put into this business will go down. Now, I'm saying that with every sense of humility, respect to the choice you have made, but I know that I know what I know. This is an area that I have some measure of mastery. And I'm saying to you guys, you have to go back to the drawing board. Even with the current problem that you have or challenge, you need to ensure that you have a plan in place. And that plan is embedded in a structure. There'll be a process. And with that process, there'll be systems that will make you enable growth. To grow your business is very simple. And I recall that the wife was saying, oh, we're already in Abuja. We're doing this already in Abuja. I said, madam, I can tell you without looking at your books that you cannot sell more than 10 cases a month in Amigo stores. Whatever you're doing, your numbers cannot be of this product. You can't sell more than 10 cartons. And if I take the configuration of your carton, the number of products that will be in a carton, you will not in totality sell up to 2,000 units in a month. She looked at me and said, how did you know? I said, because I've been there and I understand the dynamics in the marketplace. Listen, very many businesses stop their marketing efforts once they've converted a prospect into a customer. And it's very transactional. Transactional thinking cannot get you far. If there's nothing else I do, but let you see that you have an opportunity to grow your business, you have an opportunity to make your business become one that clearly in the years ahead, 10 years from now, you can actually have a strong business that people will look up and say, wow, this has become a household product. can be done. But many of you do not like to engage experts. You think you know it all. That's why we are failing to get things done. Never mind the issues and the challenges of our economy, with the government, policies and all. But there are loads of things that are within the ambits 
of the business owner or the entrepreneur. If you as an entrepreneur do not understand such dynamics, the chances are you become history. We're at that point where we need to close the curtain on the first half. And when we get back, we'll continue as we look at how we need to build a tribe of raving fans that come out of the need or the lead of our marketing efforts. Friends, don't go away. We'll be right back. It's still your favorite business school on radio. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends and distinguished listeners. If you're just joining us, I bid you welcome. It's your business school on radio, Navigate with ID, and yours truly has the pleasure to welcome you and also to request that you do us the honors by giving us some feedback across our social media platforms. And my handle is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. Feel free to add your questions and we can judge you offline. Well, friends, we've been looking at um, a leg that is very interesting, one where we're asking ourselves what it takes to turn customers into a tribe of raving fans and loyalists who will continually buy from you or utilize your service or services repeatedly. And just before the close of the first half, we did talk about certain qualities that extraordinary businesses that become tribe leaders do. Number one, we said they continually focus on wowing their customers, which turn them into raving fans. Number two, we said they create and foster lifetime relationships. Number three, we say they make it easy and fun to deal with them. That is, these businesses make it easy and fun to deal with their customers. Number four, we said they create a sense of theater around their products and services. And number five, they have systems that help them reliably and consistently deliver a greater experience. Now, stepping out of that terrain, we said we would like to look at some strategies that will really serve as turning points that enable the customer to raving fan approach or style. But in doing that, one of the caveats that I raised um, and brought to your notice was the fact that most ordinary businesses, that is, I'm talking about nano, small, medium enterprises, they stop their marketing efforts once they've converted a prospect into a customer. In other words, they just freeze everything and say, I have them. I did say that that sort of ideology is transactional in nature and transactional thinking will only keep the people stuck and put a firm lead on the business ever growing. So if you take the other side of the coin, in contrast, a truly remarkable business will get exponential results because each customer they add is not just revenue once, but it is revenue over and over again because that individual, that body, will become the evangelist for the business. And I said, that when you have evangelists reaching out, saying so much about your products, your service or brand, you ultimately will bring in fresh users who in turn will be wowed and they go out, sell the good news, and then people keep coming back. In a rotational cycle, you then find that there's so much happening and retention is huge. But one thing you'll also find is that Within keeping this ambit free, a lot of companies or businesses continue to embark on innovation. New product launches are very easy, stable, easy tables for them to drive predictability. Now, when you bring something new to a place where people have already known you, what happens? You don't have to market, hustle, and convince as much as when you have a tribe of raving fans. You just drop it within your fans and that's it. Think about what happens with a company like Apple. One of the leaders in this type of marketing, they have solid raving fans. And when they drop a product, you hear of people during the launch of a particular Apple product or brand, uh, Apple product, 
and people will be there queuing day and night just so that they can get a feel of the first or be one of the first hundred, first two hundred, first thousand. So they can just launch any product or even in a new category because they have a solid legion of raving fans that will queue up days in advance just to beg them to say, I want to take my money. Have you heard of that? That is a cult following. It isn't just the domain of large companies like Apple. It's also in the domain of loads of companies and you would find that this does happen. So businesses, you know, in the small arena have a massive advantage too. Unlike the big ones that are inflexible and need to, and a bit steeped in bureaucracy where they have numerous lines of reporting and people with various dimensions, thoughts, a small business has one thing as its advantage, agility. They can be agile and they can respond to customer needs and feedback almost immediately. That's the advantage you have. That's why small businesses can turn around and take away every single barrier, which a big or large business will be you know, co-opted into. Small businesses can also micromanage their customer relationships. Listen, your customer doesn't have to get lost. They can't get lost in the sea of other customers because there's room for a more personal touch. And when you have this tribe-like following, once you have that, it is your job to create and foster a tribe of raving fans that understand that the process of the marketing journey really and truly and only begins once you are able to convert a prospect into a paying customer. So what are the strategies that we need to put in place? You can say that these are items that are possibly well-known to you, possibly um, established. But I'll tell you something, there are things that are simple as they sound, many people miss the boat. Number one, providing what I call exceptional customer service. You know, when you deliver outstanding customer service at every touch point, you respond promptly, address the concerns of your customers, and go the extra mile to exceed their expectations by making your customers feel valued and appreciated, then you are on the pathway of selling them what they want and giving them, but giving them what they need. It's a big piece in the pie that many don't take serious notice of. There's always this big difference between what people want and what people need. For example, if you are a fitness instructor, you improve people's lives through better health, fitness, and nutrition. The concept of better health is too vague. It's far off and long-term for most people. Rather, you have got to appeal to vanity, performance, or some other specific want that a prospect has. For example, you need to talk about great figure, toned body, you will be shocked that that is what will now give a lot of people attention to what you're looking for. So you need to give them what they need in terms of health improvement and give them a sense of the end in mind. But do it via what they want, which is of necessity, improvements in appearance and performance. And that's what you then sell to them. You know, but many of us make the mistake of keeping up on selling them what they want. Okay, I want better health. I want fitness. I want uh, nutrition, good nutrition. You can stay on that mark and sell all of that as you want it. But if you don't give them what they need by showing them and appealing to their vanity or the performance or some other specific want, like I said, when you look at the six-pack, ripped abdomen, 
or ripped abs, as they call it, toned body, great figure. When anybody sees that, you don't need to tell the person that this is what you need to put in place. That's the end in mind. So you need to understand both wants and needs to be able to drive an exceptional customer service. Sometimes they overlap and sometimes they are completely separate. Now, if you're like me that has owned the treadmill for a long time, but I haven't lost any serious weight, does this prove that treadmills don't work? This is obviously a ridiculous conclusion. For my own treadmill to work, I've got to turn it on, run on it for a while, sweat, and repeat the process on a regular basis. Buying it is just the first step. Putting it to its intended use is another. While this may, be, may seem very obvious, a big part of the battle you will fight is getting people to do what they need to do to achieve results with your product of service. Very many young business owners or business owners feel like following through to implementation is not their responsibility, that their customers should be responsible for getting results with a product or service they are bought. But that is very short-sighted. Today, and in today's world, we live in a world that's fast-paced, with a lot of things competing for the time and attention of our customers. And so, our goal, or the goal, is for our customers to achieve results. When a customer who buys a product or service and doesn't use it or implement it correctly is highly likely to write it off as something that doesn't work, and that is the last thing we want, at best, let it end up being a one-off sale. And at worst, let it end up being labeled a scam. That is what you are playing with. But to take this off that particular lens is what we can consider another strategy, which is about personalizing the experience. You need to tailor your interactions and offerings to individual customers. Use customer data and insights to personalize your experiences with personalized recommendations, offers, or incentives. Make them feel special and well understood. As ridiculous as is someone calling a treadmill a scam because they fail to actually use it, a consumer can do the same with your product or service. You know, it's quite interesting that when we step into this terrain of creating world-class experiences or transferring the rights to customers becoming raving fans. There is a lot of work that the owners of the businesses put on the customer's terrain or territory. But really and truly, the onus is actually on the brand owner or the business owner to show and lead the way. Now, I said all of that to say this because when you create a sense of belonging, which is a strategy, before you get there, you need to build a distinct brand identity. So developing a strong brand identity that resonates with your audience clearly defines your brand's values, the mission and vision. Getting a compelling and well-crafted story will help customers connect with it and feel aligned to what they're doing. And that brings me to the other part and the other strategy, which is about creating a sense of belonging. To create a sense of belonging means fostering a sense of community amongst your customers. That's what's leading to tribesmanship. Encourage interaction and engagement among them by creating a forum or a social media group where they can share experiences, provide feedback, and connect with like-minded individuals. But you need to be an active participant in these communities. How? By throwing in what I call the lubricants, the social lubricants that will make them connect and talk about. And that comes from nothing else than your specific, what I call, sense of theater. You can create easy and good fun 
that will wow your customers and make it work. And sometimes when I talk about creating a theater around your products and services, it just means that you can do a lot of things that will make or enhance talkability. Leadership is an attractive quality and people want to be led. By taking up that initiative and implementing something that makes your product or service stand out, you are actually giving the customers something to play with and to talk with. Now, how do I bring this to life? Let me sit within the ambits of something that may, of necessity, serve the purpose. The word innovation often conjures up thoughts of high-tech startups. Innovation, in those days, when we think innovation, everybody's thinking Silicon Valley or biotech companies, etc. The question that arises is this. Can an ordinary business that sells ordinary products be innovative? The answer is, of course, yes, of course. Now, a common misconception is that the innovation has to be in the actual product or service itself. If you are selling a boring product or you have an ordinary product or service, it may seem like innovation is not relevant to your business or industry. It may seem you have no option but to compete solely on price. However, do you know that innovation can go far beyond the actual product that is sold? It can be applied to how the product is priced, financed, packaged, supported, delivered, marketed, managed, or any other myriad of elements related to the customer experience. And this is where a lot of businesses today and even companies are moving to. And trust resource people, there are people who tell you I'm a customer experience expert. I just wonder, where is that coming from? CX, customer experience. And then some have taken it as a course and they've gone to study and they have some certification. When they are writing their CV or headline introduction of their profile, they put it there, a CX expert. Everybody is a CX expert, even my late grandmother. Do you know what it is to graciously feed a child? Huh? If you're a mother. And your child does not want to go the traditional way. Mothers create all kinds of customer experience just to make sure at the end of the day they feed that child. If they don't turn you upside down and really almost choke you with the food, they'll find a way to entice you to enjoy it. And you'll find the child or the baby. Have you seen when babies are being fed and they are enjoying the meal? They'll now raise one leg up. It's customer experience. So there's nothing new under the sun. But what is new is how you go about connecting and driving innovation. And what I mean by innovation here is actually creating a theater around your products and services. Today, we call them experiential marketing. And they are experiences that interact the brand, what it represents with a customer. And then they bring a pool of people together to showcase what could be done and taking from the consumption or utilization of the product or service. So businesses fail these days because they can't create a sense of theater. One, on the part is they don't have the resources, i.e. financial, be human, or they don't really know how to go about it. So you don't get to observe and create a theater around your products and services because it's either you are ignorant or you don't have the resources. At the end, you will turn out to say your customers don't just want to be serviced. That's not true. Customers like to be entertained. How? You need to give them what they want by creating a sense of theater, you know, around your product. Okay, I want to say something crazy here. And pardon me, if you are in an unsexy business, you know, so for example, um, I imagine the selling of toilet paper and wraps that we use, kitchen wraps. That's one kind of business that can 
of necessity, you can see it as being a bit boring. The products can be, yes, it's a necessary uh, product for cleaning and all of that. But how are you going to make such a business or a product, you know, come to life and people will just find it very nice and warm to they just pick it up because they need it. That's that can be an un, unsexy business in which your customer's question is centered around price or they are skeptical because innovation would not happen. So, or you think about the person that manufactures blenders or even knives, how or utensils, how can that kind of business really be innovative? Unlike a restaurant. A restaurant from the outside may look as a boring business, but there's so much you can do to drive innovation in the restaurant. But then I can tell you that if you go into the world of each of these products, you'll find that a lot have been done by certain people to drive viral marketing by making specific YouTube videos that will bring this blender that you think does not exist or is boring, bring it to life. So imagine you are the manufacturer of a blender and you do not energize the usage of your product by bringing in user occasions like that, your product will be termed very boring. Or like I said, tissue paper. Tissue paper can just sit in a place where someone says, I don't need this. I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to X. I'm not going to Y. And it's just what it is. And some other person takes the tissue or the wrap and makes it, you know, a package that helps in the closure or unveiling or veiling of a specific venture or wrapping an edifice just so that you see how eventful it could be. So it's basically saying to you, friends, that when we get into this kind of motions, what we need to do, understand what it takes for us to get into the art and science of personalization. So what is another thing you can, you can do to make this a reality? Is to offer what I call social proof and testimonials. You can bring some verve into your product or service by showcasing positive reviews and testimonials from satisfied customers to build trust and credibility. You can encourage your customers to share their experiences with your brand on social media or review platforms. Very many years ago, when I had the privilege as um, a region was I region or, yeah, I was a region marketing manager for a certain uh, company and a certain brand in the course of my career. And I set up what I called a best picture in the house. It was a digital, it was an internet-based campaign for the brand I managed then across 39 countries. And one of the things that I did in my own specific domain was to set up what I called the best picture in the house. So you out there as consumers of this product or customers, you needed to take the product and showcase situations where either with self or with family or with friends that you were having a great time. And you would then post such pictures or videos through a channel, through the agency that we had appointed, uh, Three Mice, back then in Kenya. And then you would get a chance where the consumers or our customers or the entire public will then pick which of the pictures should be the next billboard ad for the brand. Now, that brought in tremendous innovation, tremendous sides. You know, people didn't even understand that with this one brand, you could do so many things with it. It was amazing. But rather than leaning on it and being the person to drive it, I threw it back to the consumers and the customers to say, show me how this brand comes to life in your own life. And you stand the chance of doing what? Of winning some reward. And the reward 
is a social proof. That social proof that it works for you, it works for them, becomes or comes through the door of a testimonial. Innovation in marketing, innovation in service, innovation in everything we do is simply uh, looking at how to do some things differently. But you must communicate effectively. You cannot move customers to what I call raving fans, loyalists, without communicating. Communication here means keeping your customers informed, not just about new products, updates, or upcoming events, through email, newsletters, social media, or other communication channels, but actually maintaining, and that's the key word, maintaining an open line of communication and seeking their feedback to continually improve your offerings. If that is done, friends, you will now start unknowingly a tribe, a tribe of people that will believe and die for the service you provide, the product you bring to the table, and as they go on and as they increase, the numbers increase, you also ensure that you are providing exceptional customer service and you continuously innovate, innovating here, not just internally, externally, by staying ahead of the competition and constantly doing what you need to do well, doing at your best, and ensure your customers that you value their opinions and are committed to providing them with the best possible experience. Friends, building a tribe of loyalists takes time and effort. It is not a walk in the park. Neither is it a dash. It is a marathon. It requires being persistent, authentic, and consistently delivering value to gain the trust and loyalty of your customers. Well, friends, I guess we've come to the end of the road for today. We were back on Thursday by God's grace. Um, thank you for listening. And if you do have any questions, feel free to send a mail to contact at navigatewithid.com. Or better still, you can follow me across uh, social media platforms. My handle is at IDYENANG. We can take it offline and get the conversation moving because your best dreams come when you are awake. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye and God bless. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.